The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Says who? Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Labor Day weekend. Sorry, folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. Yes, uh, we're here to see Mr. Roy Wally. What is your name, sir? Clark W. Griswold. What's this regarding, Mr. Grizzle? Ah, uh, we're here for public and relations. It is a summer inspection to a personal matter. Ah, inspection. Well, nobody, uh, nobody notified this office of, um, of anything. Well, uh, I'm notifying you. I'm afraid I'm going to need a little more than that, sir. Okie dokie. How's this? No! Clark, have you lost your mind? Where did you get that? Sporting goods store, honey. Now you listen to me, fat ass. You do what I say and it won't be any problem, okay? Okay. We just drove 2,460 miles just for a little Roy Wally entertainment. The moose says you're closed. I say you're open. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. No, it isn't. Labor Day weekend. Bob Seska. I don't know what we're yelling about. The Bob Seska Show. Says who? God damn it! Hello, Bob. Okay, I gotta. I have a confession here at the top of the show. Big confession. Big confession. Stand by for breaking news. I don't give a flying rip about Melania Trump's shoes. <laughs> That's all. I just wanted to. Throw that at the top of the show. Melania Trump's shoes are irrelevant. Says who? But that that appears to be the uh, the outrage of the day. So I guess we have to be out buzz. We have to be outraged by Melania Trump's shoes. <laughs> I, I don't know whether to be outraged or intrigued. <laughs> right, right. I'm just wondering what what maybe she was thinking when she p- picked them out. I don't know. If well, they... you know, it's right because if the water is deep, Bob, it's very simple. <laughs> If the water's deep, you need shoes that will elevate you above the water level. Says who? That's right. All right. It's uh, TV's Buzz Burbank. (laughs) Good to be back. From Buzz Burbank News and Comment, you can hear it at Mm -hmm. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and at buzzburbank.com. All right, yes. Yes, Melania's wearing high heels to Houston to survey the hurricane damage. And this is, you know... I'm sorry, I, I just can't get bent out of shape out of this. What I'm still focused on is the fact that it was just 12 days ago that the President of the United States sympathized with Nazis and Klan members 
three times. <laughs> not just once, not just twice, but but three times. At, uh, at the risk at the at the risk of uh, having spent too much time on Melania's shoes already, I would say it, it it's <laughs> worth noting because it underscores the out of touch aspect of uh, of of this administration of the of the president and the first lady. Yeah. Uh, but it isn't worth dwelling on. You're absolutely right. And the other problem, as I think you're saying here, is that it distracts from the bigger picture. Uh, there's a lot going on right now, not the mm. least of which is is uh, the the racist rant from the president last week yep. uh, that, that's still reverberating uh, around the country, even uh, in spite of the distraction of uh, the terrible hurricane and uh, the other silly stuff that comes out of the Trump administration. Yeah, and this has been my concern all along, going back to the, uh, the campaign itself, is that uh, there are two sets of rules in politics, and it seems like Donald Trump is being allowed to play with his, his new set of rules, which basically allows any president to say whatever the hell they want or any presidential candidate to say whatever the hell they want. And there's no accountability. No one comes down on him. And then, you know, and Jesus, I'm, you know, I meant to talk about this on the save this for the postmortem show. But okay. but it, it was three years ago. I believe it was three years ago yesterday. Ah, yes. That former President Obama decided to shock the world by wearing a tan suit to a press conference. <laughs> and it caused it caused you and Chez to do a show in which you both said f- a lot. Yes, we did. Yeah. We both <laughs> we both said the F word quite a bit. And in fact, uh-huh. I have a super edit that I will play on the postmortem show so I don't <laughs> have to bleep it here on this show. But, but stand by for the postmortem show. I'll play that super edit. It was an it was a uh, a minute and 20 seconds of nothing but the F bomb. Oh my God. Spoken during a single after party uh, podcast. So it's amazing. And the other thing <laughs> I remember, I, the other thing I remember is the outrage over uh, Michelle Obama wearing a sleeveless dress. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have pictures of Melania naked, you know, uh, <laughs> right. I, I, I really, you know, the, the hypocrisy is beyond uh, description. <laughs> when you say I have pictures of Melania naked, it calls to mind the fact that maybe th- these are just private photos that just you have and they're they, not well, the photos. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying one way or the other. I could have gotten them on the internet or, you know, maybe I knew somebody. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've dispelled with that controversy, uh, yes. yeah, the, the tan suit thing. I just, you know, I, I keep thinking about this and thinking about this and thinking about this and wondering, you know, even if there was accountability, what would it be? Uh, in would it, I mean, would it be a censure of some sort? I mean, what sort of things need to happen for Donald Trump to receive the proper comeuppance for all of the, the crazy tennis ball machine crap that he delivers every day? And, and, I don't know what that would even be. Um, would that be lower approval ratings? I guess it would be partial uh, lower approval ratings. But in my darkest hours, Buzz, I think that there is a there's a tactic or there's a cynicism or there's an attitude inside the White House, and specifically with the, the president himself, yes. that says, you know what? I can say whatever the hell I want. There'll be some controversy. There'll be lots of screaming for 24, 48 hours after I do it. But you know what? It'll keep me in the news, and eventually people will forget about it, and it'll be okay, and there won't be any repercussions for saying what I said. And- I do think it's a conscious effort on his part to quickly jump from one topic to another. 
Uh, so, you know, you start a new fire, people pay less attention to the fire you started 10 minutes before that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's like a whack-a-mole really with, with Trump to a <laughs> yeah, large extent. very much. And, and he enjoys that, that game, but I'm pretty sure that there are not many people in the white house or in the Congress who, uh, have an appreciation for that art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there are a few people in the white house who believe uh, Trump is clever in doing this, but I believe there are more people in the White House who do not believe Trump is clever in this behavior. And and I, I think that's true in Congress, and I think we're seeing maybe even signs on the Republican side that they're ready to take a closer look at this, that maybe... I, I think accountability is coming, Bob, and, and, and the lower poll numbers are definitely coming, albeit very, very slowly. Uh, it, this is a long, too long, slow slug that we're going through here, yeah. but, but it is moving forward. And in terms of, despite the, the other distractions and, and certainly, uh, the nation's attention, uh, not just on, uh, Hurricane Harvey, but on the details of their own lives, uh, people have missed a lot in the last week in terms of the mm-hmm. progress of the Trump Russia investigation and uh, and and have been distracted away from some of the most outrageous things like uh, Trump's comments on Charlottesville. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm wondering, what was it that prevented other politicians, other presidential-level politicians specifically, from behaving like Donald Trump? But, well, obviously because they would get seriously dinged by it. I mean, we saw the previous yeah. president getting assaulted for everything from wearing a tan suit to putting uh, gherkins in his egg salad recipe. I mean, just for, you know, enjoying the uh, vegetable arugula for god's sake was a scandal during obama's presidency and Mm -hmm. and now this this has occurred and my ongoing concern is not just that there isn't any comeuppance for donald trump that there's no accountability there's no punishment for this but that also it's opening up this huge chasmic uh, uh precedent in the white house where now, future presidents, I guess this works for them. They can get away with it and still retain know. their base. I mean, that's my worry. I don't know. Yeah, I understand that. And sure, it could happen again. But I have a feeling after what we're going through now, it won't. Yeah. Uh, politics got a lot cleaner after Watergate. And mm. I think it will again after this. And and as I said, I think the first time I appeared on your show, uh, this, I know how this turns out and I'm even more certain. <laughs> I'm even more certain of that outcome now than I was then yeah. actually by quite a lot, because mm. now there's a tremendous amount of evidence to support that lofty claim I made, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but I, I, so I do, I, I'm feeling very positive right now in spite of the fact that most of America and certainly the vast majority of most Trump supporters haven't heard these developments, don't know what's going on in terms of closing in on this president and his people. I guess the only explanation, Buzz, is that it, it'll come after a, a period of time. And it's certainly, I'm not, I'm not doubting that there will be accountability on the Trump-Russia story, which we have a lot to talk about today mm-hmm, with regard yeah. to stupid Watergate. Uh, but, I mean, beyond that, I'm wondering if there's a slow build toward accountability for these other things. Like maybe there, maybe at the presidential level, you don't have accountability for individual things under the new rules, but eventually all of those things compound upon each other. And then there is, I guess with each new trespass, there's, there's growing 
dissent among Trump's own coalition. So where you have something happens like Charlottesville, and now uh-huh. we start to see more Republicans distancing themselves from Trump, and then maybe with the next thing, they'll distance themselves even more. And we have a bunch of new things. I mean, Friday night, there was a series of four or five things happening all at the same time. We had the hurricane hitting uh, Houston, Hurricane Harvey. Then right. we had uh, Trump pardoning Joe Arpaio, right. which which we all kind of predicted. This was coming down the turnpike at any second. Uh, mm-hmm. He hinted at it when he did his Phoenix press conference or did his uh, Phoenix rally. And, right. uh, and we kind of knew about it even before then. I kind of got the sense during Charlottesville that Trump was just going to come out. In fact, it was, it was maybe the day yes, before. He teased it. Yeah. yeah. Even, even back then, even around Charlottesville, he teased that idea. Well, a, a terrible time to, to make such a suggestion. Yeah. And I knew for a fact that once once he teased it and then once he once Charlottesville happened and once he got all of that negative press about his reaction to Charlottesville, I got the sense that Joe Arpaio was a big F you to his political opponents, to, to Trump's political opponents, where this was a, a case of revenge of of triggering uh quote-unquote liberal tears which seems right. to be a new thing or liberal anger uh, more specifically liberal tears of course the conservative phrase for what we feel when trump does something like this yeah but conservative but, but liberal outrage is really i agree with you i think there's something guttural something visceral uh in it for trump that he does want to outrage liberals. He, he takes, seemed to take great joy in that, and that had a lot to do with it. Of course, he and Arpaio go back quite a ways. They were birthers together. They they argued against uh, immigration together during the campaign. Uh, and we now know, thanks to the Washington Post and the New York Times, that Trump actually tried to obstruct justice in the Arpaio case. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that he asked both Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, and uh, White House counsel Don McGahn uh, if it would be okay if the if the government if the government dropped the investigation. And uh, I don't know what McGahn told him, but we know that Sessions told him that would be inappropriate. Which means that Trump knew that such a thing was inappropriate when he turned around and asked FBI Director James Comey. Uh, to drop the uh, Michael Flynn investigation. For a federal prosecutor, this is grounds for obstruction of justice charges. Yes, it absolutely, absolutely is. I'm so glad you brought that up. He was told, he was told not to act this way. He was told not to do this sort of thing. Right. uh, You know, obstructing justice. And then he went and did it again, which puts him into even more jeopardy. This, again, underscores the fact that I don't think that there has been a single Donald Trump decision, whether it was during the campaign or whether it was during during his presidency so far, during the 222 days of the Trump crisis so far, that he has made a correct decision. Every decision he's made, sort of like George Costanza, that episode of Seinfeld, where he decides to do the opposite of what his instincts are. Yes. And, and this is, but what Trump is doing is Trump is doing exactly what his instincts are, and his instincts are always wrong. It's a little like having George Costanza for president, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, Except George uh, Costanza was a little more personable. (laughs) George Costanza (laughs) lied less often, I think. He was more entertaining. Yeah, that's Which is saying a lot about Trump. I was just going to say, I I just want to interject. I don't disagree with you. I I think, I don't know about everything he's done, but yes, the vast majority of things he did during the campaign, during the transition, and during his presidency— have been Russia motivated somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the candidacy, he had to have made some correct
correct choices because he ended up winning. Whether those correct choices had to be uh, had to do with conspiring with Russia to hijack the election, I guess correct in the sense that it worked for him. Incorrect in the sense that it was highly illegal and in highly immoral and every other negative thing along the way. Uh, yeah. But I, mean, I, I share I share your concern about future precedent about this making it okay. Yeah. It, it really it really won't. In fact, I'm hoping and expecting that it'll have the opposite effect. That for a decade or so, politicians will go out of their ways not to be Trump like, and and so again, there may be an upside to to this horrible mess we're in this this crisis of Trump. Yeah, I mean, just from history though, I get the sense that. Whenever there's a precedent set at the presidential level, that uh, when it, whenever a new tradition is established, whenever a new way of, of operating is established at the presidential level, the next president doesn't necessarily do all of those things. But that president certainly incorporates some of them, like Barack Obama operated for all, you know, and I'm a card carrying mm-hmm. Obama bot. I never I, know. Uh, I never lie about that. That's well documented. But the fact of the matter is, is that Barack Obama still did still took advantage of some of the things that that Bush set up during the Bush presidency, at least with regard yeah, to executive power were- and war and the, the war on terror. Right, but those were sort of technical administrative things. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm talking uh, mainly about uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you'll ever see a president behave like this in uh, the relatively near future, uh, ten or twenty years uh, at least, before somebody else comes along and tries to use some of the techniques that Trump has used politically. Uh, you know, administrative things are one thing. Yes, precedents are set that way. Uh, and and uh, they're either allowed to continue, or Congress shuts them down, but or the Supreme Court shuts them down uh, in the in the checks and balances that we have. But uh, th- this sort of behavior, this sort of attitude, this sort of approach, I don't think we're setting a precedent for that. In fact, I think we're setting a precedent to avoid that. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I guess it's all a matter of whether or not Trump is ultimately successful. If Trump ends up getting reelected somehow, oh somehow some horrible he, chain of events won't. occurs to leading to that that uh, that eventuality, I, you know, that's that's when it gets sketchy. That's when people start to go, well, maybe that does work. Maybe we will try Trumpism as a thing, and and because it's worked already, why not try it again? Uh, but if he's not successful, if he ends up getting uh, driven out of office, which is a, I, I think is going to be the ultimate endgame for the Trump presidency, then it, then I think you're going to be absolutely right that it won't carry over to the next to the next president and then the next president after that and so on. But uh, nevertheless, moving on. I mean, we had the rest of Friday's events. Uh, Sebastian mm, yes. Gor- Sebastian Gorka was oh, there's a, <laughs> Sebastian Gorka was fired. Uh, it was in initially viewed as a resignation, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it turns out that, uh, that he was fired. And now there's a thing going around. Um, Sebastian Gorka is doing some spin control of his own saying that, uh, that Trump wanted him to help, help the white house from the outside. So, so- which is just such a lame yeah. excuse. Yeah. And this, I'm not sure how much time is, is well spent on this subject because I, Gorka was such a non-factor. Yeah. His job in the white house was to go on TV, to go on the Fox news channel and uh, say things supportive of Trump. Right. He was there as window dressing uh, on two levels. The other level being uh, it was to make happy the white supremacist alt-right uh, supporters. Yep. Of, of Donald Trump. Uh, he and both Steve Bannon uh, worked together at Breitbart. Both of them are out now. John Kelly, the new White House chief of staff, tossed their asses out. Uh, that's only one alt-right guy left in the administration. That's uh, Steve, what's his name? 
Yeah, Stephen Miller. Lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eye. Like a doll's (laughs) eye. Stephen Miller, that other guy. So only one of those remains, uh, again, I think, as a nod to the alt-right that supports Trump. Yep. Absolutely, and and now it seems as if they're being, uh, you know, <laughs> exiled to the wilderness of, of Breitbart, which, which, you know, Breitbart has been attacking Trump relentlessly since uh, yeah. since uh, Steve Bannon left, and now uh, since Sebastian Gorka left. Their they, heads are exploding now yeah. after Trump's uh, allowing the police to remilitarize themselves. Uh, it, the, the alt-right does not like, as much as liberals hate it, uh, the alt-right hates uh, Trump's decision to allow local police departments to outfit themselves with surplus tanks, missile launchers, and camouflage uniforms. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we need more of that. It wasn't bad yeah. enough. you know. And this is something that also, uh, in addition to the Breitbart crowd, the Alex Jones crowd is really uh, angry yes. about this. And uh, yeah, yeah. I saw Rand Paul was tweeting about this negatively. And, and Alex Jones... You know, I saw, you know, I got the word that the InfoWars people are pissed off about the militarization of the police because right. Dan Dan Badandi was tweeting about it. And I found myself, <laughs> God damn it, I found myself agreeing with Dan Badandi. God damn it. I know. I, how, when, what planet do we live on when I'm agreeing with yeah. Dan Badandi about the militarization of the police? That, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. That moment when a progressive agrees with somebody on the extreme right. And, yeah. and this is not the first time. This also happened by... Uh, in the uh, great public discussion of uh, government invasion of privacy after the Snowden documents were released. Yep, there it is. And and uh. meanwhile, okay, so speaking of Snowden, that, that leads us into Russia. That leads us into <laughs> stupid Watergate yeah. and the Trump-Russia story. I mean, I want to get to as much of this as we can, as much as Please, we can squeeze into the show, because right, there are go. so many things that happen all at the same time. First yep. of all, I got I have to pat myself on the back, Buzz, because <laughs> back in May, on May 18th, I tweeted this. I wrote, place your bets on which House GOP screecher will introduce a bill to defund the special counsel. Now, my, my guess was Louis Gohmert. I turned out to be incorrect on the Louis Gohmert part, but on the main uh-huh. part, I was absolutely 100% correct. There is uh, now a Republican effort to defund the special counsel investigation into the Trump-Russia uh, uh, story. Uh, the amendment is coming from uh, Congressman Ron DeSantis from, uh-huh. uh, from Florida. Yeah, and not Louis Gohmert, as you predicted. And I don't want you to feel too badly about that because uh, <laughs> you, you, you just the lesson from this is uh, be like weather forecasters and psychics. Uh, be less specific in the future. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's right. Y- yeah, you, you did nail it, Nostradamus. You did indeed. Right. I mean, I did... I yes. did see the fact, and it was kind of obvious if you look back in the history of the of Republican House members attacking, especially from the uh, Freedom Caucus, attacking mm-hmm. Barack Obama and doing crazy things like, oh, you know what, we don't like that thing, so we're just going to defund it. We're not even going to try right. uh, to uh, to do anything substantive to fix it or make it better. We're just going to defund no. it. We're going to take away the money from it. And, and of course, applying that to the... Uh, the Trump-Russia investigation was inevitable that they would eventually do this. I wouldn't be surprised if at one point or another, see, now I'm, I'm doubling down on my prediction. Uh, <laughs> I would be surprised at one point or another if this defunding doesn't work, that they try to sue uh, they try to sue the Justice Department to stop the uh, special counsel investigation. Uh, there it is. Mark your calendar. It is now August 29th, 2017, and I have predicted that, they will, that the House Republicans will try to 
uh, engage in a lawsuit against the Justice Department. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I certainly can't rule that out, but I'm less pessimistic about this particular move uh, on the part of this Florida congressman who's been yeah. there, what, four years? And, oh, uh, right, I, right. You know, a, he does not carry the sort of respect that, say, an Orrin Hatch does on Capitol Hill uh, yeah. over in the Senate. Uh, and, and we'll get back to that, I hope. But uh, you know, the, first of all, his bill proposes that the Mueller investigation be defunded six months after the bill becomes law, assuming the bill becomes law. So that's quite a lot of time. I'm seeing Mueller make tremendous progress. And as of the breaking of this news, Mueller is on notice that the clock could be ticking at six months or so at this point. Yes. And, and, and I can't help but think, and I really would like a real answer on this, but my theory is, or my question is, what's to stop Mueller or anybody who's part of his investigation from turning over everything they've learned to, say, the Senate Judiciary Committee or the Senate Intelligence Committee or the House Intelligence Committee or all of them, uh, should that investigation be in danger or be shut down. The, the the scariest part of that proposal from the Florida congressman to defund the Mueller investigation is uh, a part that I just uh, slipped my mind. But there is another aspect. Let me, <laughs> well, let me, check, let well, me, let me check my notes, but okay, there's yeah, a yeah, scarier yeah. aspect. Now, maybe you have it covered for me. Well, well, I mean, here's the other part of all of this uh, with regard to the uh, the congressional committees, which is that uh, there was this 12-hour, or was it 10-hour, 10 10-hour 10 testimony behind closed doors with uh, Senate staffers between, uh, I guess, Senate staffers and Glenn I always want to say Glenn Campbell, but it's not not Glenn. Is it Glenn Campbell? No, it's not Glenn Campbell. No, the no, guy from not. Fusion GPS uh, who testified uh, about the, uh, the the Steele dossier. Right. Uh, I don't have his name in front of me either. A respected, award winning uh, journalist who uh, went into business for himself. Uh, he's the guy who hired uh, former British spy uh, Christopher Steele to assemble that dossier of negative information on Trump. By the way, the thing I forgot uh, that's scary about DeSantis's proposal is that he wants to limit the Mueller investigation to only <laughs> things that have happened since June of 2015. Yeah, by the way, it's Glenn Simpson. See, Simpson, see, thank see, you. See also our previous conversation about not remembering names from all right, of this yes, crap. Yes, uh, yes. Glenn, yeah, Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and now it looks like not only uh, is, this, is releasing this transcript supported by the chairman of that committee, uh, Chuck Grassley, but it also mm -hmm. looks like, as you, as you mentioned, earlier, Orrin Hatch is back in the news, and Orrin Hatch uh, responded to MSNBC and the Rachel Maddow show by saying that he will support, he will vote in favor of releasing the Glenn Simpson testimony publicly. Which, now, this is 10 hours, right, this is 10 hours of testimony yeah. of, of, of Glenn Simpson saying that uh, this guy he hired, this Christopher Steele, uh, that he supports this guy's work that he backs and stands behind the dossier and the findings in it, and he spent 10 hours answering questions about that, and we would be able to read his answers and probably learn quite a lot if that were released. And, and by what you've just described, there are 20 members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. If all nine Democrats and these two Republicans, uh, Hatch and, and Grassley, 
vote to release the thing. And obviously most of the other Republicans on that committee will follow whatever Hatch and Grassley do because they are respected party leaders in the Senate. Yep. So it, it looks like uh, this thing's going to get released. This is really important to get this yes. testimony out there, mainly because there's a, a, a thing floating around among the uh, conventional wisdom and in, in DC ins- among DC insiders and inside the Beltway people that the Steele dossier is kind of just this pornographic thing off to the side, like this crazy, right. silly, pornographic thing that no one wants to really talk about or take seriously. And it needs to be taken more seriously because not a single claim in that entire dossier has been disproven. In fact, right. there have been numerous claims inside this dossier that have been proven. Richard Benveniste, right. who was one of the 9-11 Commission members, I think he was the head of the 9-11 Commission, mm-hmm. actually said that the Steele dossier is a roadmap for this entire Trump-Russia investigation. Yes. So yes. so the more credibility that is lent to the Steele dossier, the better. Now, I don't know if the, what I'm about to say is going to lend more credibility to it, Buzz, but I have decided to officially do a dramatic reading of the entire 35 pages of the Steele dossier, and I'm going to oh, release wow. that <laughs> release that on Patreon, sort of as a books on tape kind of thing, uh, for the benefit of people who don't have a chance to read the entire 35 pages of the Steele dossier. I'm just going to read it into a microphone, probably Excellent. tomorrow, and then I'm going to release it uh, sometime right before the Labor oh. Day weekend. I look forward to that. Well, let's see there that'll be that'll be good holiday listening. Yeah. There's your your last weekend at the beach. That's right. Uh, you're gonna lay there and listen to the salacious uh, accusations. You know, it's funny. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of Republicans still refer to that dossier as undocumented. Yeah. And although as a whole it is uh, much of it, as you just pointed out, and is completely true. Uh, uh, much of that has been confirmed. The FBI, to our knowledge, never has looked, at least not officially, at the salacious claims made in there about Trump and the hookers and the the Russian hotel room with the cameras and all that. No, uh, he hasn't. Uh, nobody's really uh, I confirmed that officially, at yeah. least. I'm I'm sure if you were an investigator and you were curious, you couldn't help but look. But uh, <laughs> that would be the first thing. That would be the first thing I would look for. Uh, that, yeah, and that's why it, I don't work for the true. FBI, probably. But the other thing the dossier says is it, it, it contains evidence that uh, the Trump campaign and the Russian government conspired together to... Uh, uh, influence the outcome of the 2016 election. Yep. So this is a it's a huge huge document and on top of everything else we have this past week uh, the things that you and I have discussed already uh this case is really stacking up. Trump is surrounded in in uh, several directions at this point, but most especially uh by the by the uh, Russia investigation itself. You and I were talking earlier this week about uh, him being caught between uh, the white nationalist supporters and everybody else yeah. on on the on the uh, Charlottesville thing, mm-hmm. uh, that tragedy there, uh, but it, on it also coming at him from another direction is the Russia investigation and uh, his people turning on him, which you mentioned earlier, yeah. Tillerson and 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 uh, Mattis backing away from him after the Charlottesville comments. Uh, the world is cl- whether Trump completely realizes it or not, and I'm not sure he does because I think he's delusional. The world is closing <laughs> in on him fast 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's why we're hearing increased reports about him going bananas inside the White House and, and mm-hmm. obsessing about the Trump-Russia investigation and right. doing whatever he can to continuously try to obstruct that, whether it's calling Tom Tillis and saying, drop this legislation, or whether it's mm-hmm. calling, who else did he call? We learned about last week that he was calling other people. He was calling Mitch McConnell and, has, and, and screaming at Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell has failed to stop the Trump-Russia investigation <laughs> at the Senate level. So this is, I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't seem to understand. Trump knows nothing. He doesn't get the idea of obstruction of justice, even though he has clearly been instructed as to what he can say and what he can't say as president of the United States in the context of the, the Trump-Russia investigation. So he continuously keeps uh, uh, trying to uh, stymie the whole thing, and he's only getting himself into worse and worse trouble, deeper and deeper quicksand. It's like the whole metaphor of trying to struggle to get out of the quicksand and only making it making yourself sink deeper and deeper. Um, I'm I'm sending Trump a copy of the book uh, The Tortoise and the Hare. Spo- <laughs> spoiler alert, the turtle wins that one. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's a right. warning. That's a warning about his battle with McConnell. Yeah, and, you know, once again, I have to throw this out there and, and which is just a uh, a huge thank you to Rachel Maddow for doing everything that she is doing uh to to keep track of all of this stuff to uh, to oh, bind yeah. everything professionally into an ongoing narrative that that makes sense and that she is continuously circling back to things so that Nothing uh, in this Trump-Russia investigation is getting lost in the tennis ball machine. It's all getting... Uh, uh, Documented, recorded, yeah. Documented and reinforced... You know, yes, and, and, and uh, tied together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is so crucial. That is so important. And I'm so uh, gratified by the fact that she's doing so well in the ratings. So, and, and not just for her own success, obviously, but mainly right. because, you know, it's it's so important for as many people as possible to get the word out. And, and before we take a break to talk about the Amazon link buzz, I want to get uh-huh. your read on this. Why do you think it is? And this is something that I, I didn't want to necessarily bring up on the free show so that it was public for everybody because Uh I don't want to screw it up. But for (laughs) some reason, have you noticed that Donald Trump, despite all the reporting that she has done, all the many, many hours of broadcasting that she has done Uh on this topic, uh do you have any read as to why Donald Trump is ignoring Rachel Maddow? I I think to pretend, you know, it's the old radio thing. They never acknowledge the competition. I think, I think it's, uh, I, I think it is intentional. I think it's to pretend she and MSC, NBC do not exist, and as, so that's a very intriguing, a very intriguing question. I uh, kudos also on my behalf uh, to Rachel Staff for uh, oh, yeah. doing the the real legwork on this, and to the New York Times and the Washington Post, which both continue to top each other, doing a stellar job of yep. journalism on all of this. Well, you know, he has gone after CNN. He has gone after Morning Joe and Joe right. Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. And, you right. know, they, Mika Brzezinski and Joe, they, I mean, they only said a couple of things about Trump, yeah. and Rachel is yeah. on this every night. I have this theory that he's not drawing attention to Rachel Maddow deliberately because Rachel is so spot on with this he's probably looking at rachel or getting briefed about rachel at the very least and going wow <laughs> she's really close question. yeah she's really it's close very, to the mark yeah it's a very good question you've raised there yeah so we'll see we'll see how this uh, yeah. continues on but i think there's something to be said for the fact that trump has refused to attack rachel maddow not even mm-hmm. once not even once i mean i look at my i have this constant i have this uh, uh, tab pinned on my google <laughs> chrome of the list of all the all the people and things that Donald Trump has criticized, wow! On uh, on Twitter, uh, uh-huh. but out of three hundred sixty three people, places, and things that Donald Trump has insulted on Twitter, not a single mention of Rachel Maddow. 
I and I think the the women listening to this program will like this theory. I think Trump is afraid of her. I think Trump thinks she's smarter than he is. Yeah. I I, th- I think that's part of it. I think uh, because nobody, as you just pointed out, nobody has been as spot on. Nobody has tied these things together or told this story the way uh, Rachel has. And uh, nobody in in journalism or in television has has delivered quite this this much of a punch i think he doesn't want to poke the bear i think he's afraid of rachel maddow yeah i think he is too i think he's afraid of her not only because she's a strong woman and a strong voice on cable news but that she's also really really damn close to what what the truth is in all of this that is a really great thing and i'm again i'm I'm so relieved that she's doing so well in the ratings because uh she absolutely deserves it 100 I'm, I'm, i'm glad you brought it up yeah and it's just such an important topic too uh, another important topic is, of course, the Amazon link at bobseska.com because it helps support the show. Everything you buy from Amazon.com, if you go through our link, uh, we get a small commission from those things. And, of course, Amazon.com has everything you could possibly imagine for sale. If you if you need it, Amazon.com probably has it. If you've signed up for Amazon Prime through the banner at bobseska.com, too, you'll get uh, fast shipping and all kinds of discounts and all kinds of special uh, premiums through uh, Amazon.com. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, as we've been doing the last few weeks. We're going to play Stump the Amazon link. We're going to put Buzz Burbank on the spot and see if he can come oh, up good. with a product that Amazon.com does not have. And if you don't have a uh, specific product in mind, Buzz, I can, of course, give you a hint. I, I don't think I'm going to need a hint this week, Bob. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I There's no way, I don't think, there's any way Amazon could possibly have women's Five-inch stiletto heels. <laughs> okay, let's give it a shot. I'm at bobseska.com, and I'm moving my cursor just beneath the logo where it says Amazon link in all caps. I'm clicking that link, yep. and I'm right here at the front page of Amazon.com. Women's, uh-huh. women's. Five-inch stiletto five heels. Five-inch stiletto heels. <laughs> all right, so. I, I think the Amazon limit is four inches. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so women's five-inch stiletto heels. I'm hitting the enter button, and here we are. Uh-huh. We have many uh, many products, of course, available here at Amazon.com under this category. We have yes. women's five-inch heel thigh-high stretch boot. Uh, We're from, getting very, you're getting warm, Bob. Yeah, we have a, a variety of options here for that uh, for that product between $38 and $156 uh-huh. through Amazon Prime. We also have Seduce's, oh, well, let's see here. Seduce's Classic Pump, Black Patent, $31.95. If you want a discount still, a pair of stiletto heels, $31.95 for those. We've also got Me Shine Women's Sexy Round Toe Platform Pumps, Stiletto High Heel Shoes. <laughs> They're on sale right now. Original price, $59.99, uh, marked down to $32.99, and you can get that uh, with your Amazon Prime membership. You uh, can look like Melania Trump at regular people prices. <laughs> Right, you don't need to be married to a billionaire toddler to no. have the all the perks of being Melania Trump. <laughs> all you need is the BobSuska.com Amazon link because Amazon.com has it all, and so can you. When you go shopping until you're dropping, while also supporting this show, all you have to do is go to BobSuska.com instead of Amazon.com. Once you've arrived at the podcast page, just click the all caps Amazon link just beneath the logo on the main page. Takes you directly to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal. 
But if you use our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. If you own a small business, by the way, be sure to uh, source your supplies from Amazon.com. Toner cartridges, backup batteries, paper clips, printer paper, etc. Use our link when you restock your supplies, and don't forget to bookmark it. That's the BobSeska.com Amazon link. It's the only way to shop. The Bob Seska Show. Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our uh, Tuesday show. Uh, programming note: There will be no Thursday show, and there will be no after party because it is Labor Day weekend, right? Uh, have a great uh, but, holiday weekend, folks. Yeah, and from me as well. But that doesn't mean you have to go without on Thursday because that's the day my show drops. So I'll be there at. Uh, buzzburbank.com there it is buzzburbank.com also you can find buzzburbank news and comment at uh itunes and uh-huh. stitcher radio and soundcloud and uh <laughs> and also wherever re- fine podcasts are given away just about everywhere the same goes for uh, for this show too right okay so uh all that crap about trump not having any contact with russia other than miss universe <laughs> is just bs it just you, you you bought that yeah i mean good lord trump is lying Shocker. Says who? Uh, so we've got a bunch of uh, stories that have uh, sprung up in uh, in just, I think it was just about 12 hours. I think there were three mm-hmm. stories that that popped up, uh, a couple from the Washington Post, one major story from the New York Times, and of course the common denominator in all of these stories is uh, both Felix Sater and our favorite lawyer, Michael Cohen. Says who? My, <laughs> Michael Cohen of, of the Says Who uh, interview on CNN, uh, which uh, just says everything you need to know about Michael Cohen and his loyalty to the president. Faced uh, by CNN with questions about Donald Trump's uh, failing poll numbers, uh, Michael Cohen couldn't just stop. He just said this over and over again. Says who? Right? Says who? Yeah. The polls say. That's what the very, that's what says. Very Martin Shkreli of him, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it, it turns out, according to New York Times, Felix Sater, who's this guy who uh, uh, stabbed a guy in the face with a martini glass, you know, he shattered, used the stem of the martini glass to slash a guy in the face. Like was, something you'd see on The Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole long rap sheet about uh-huh. Felix Sater and his uh, his links to the Russian mafia and links to, right. to Vladimir Putin, links to uh, r- Russian oligarch money, links to uh, all kinds of organized crime, a, uh, a pump and dump scheme. Uh, uh, on Wall Street, where they were, uh, you know, it's sort of uh, what uh, what Tony Soprano. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned Tony Soprano because that was a yeah. scheme that Tony Soprano tried to do on The Sopranos, a pump and dump scheme. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Felix Sater was involved in that. Obviously, Felix Sater also has a company, a real estate company called Bayrock, which is located in Trump Tower. And uh, and I can't believe I'm coming up with all these Felix Sater things off the top of my head. That's good, good kind job, of amazing. Uh, I'm here to I'm here to back you up in case you run into problems. Yes. Okay. Well, take it from here, Buzz, because Felix Sater is 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 a close associate, business wise and personally, with uh, with the Trump family and the Trump organization, and they're in the same building, one floor down. So they've got all these deals that they were trying to do, plus this deal where uh, Felix Sater is promising uh, uh, Michael Cohen that the Trump Tower Moscow deal will make Trump the president. And that uh, that takes us back to, what, November 2015? 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, this story goes all over the road uh, chronologically. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sater didn't go to prison for the stock fraud scheme that he was convicted of. Uh, he went to prison for stabbing the guy in the face with the martini stem. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we, were, we were talking about how appropriate and, it is that it was the martini stem. And, and not, the, reason, uh, the reason he didn't go to, to prison is the U.S. government then put him to work as, a, as a, a rat inside the Russian mob. Yep. So he's tied in with all these Russian mobsters as well. He was a business partner with Donald Trump in Bayrock. They were co-owners or co-investors in Bayrock, which is a real estate firm. It had three projects, uh, two of which fell by the wayside, one of which still stands in Soho, I yeah. believe. And uh, But but uh, Sater and uh, Trump have been in touch, or were in touch at least, a lot on a regular basis uh, through the campaign. And uh, uh, Sater is also the guy who, as you were uh, leading up to, uh, was was telling uh, uh, Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, Says who? that he could that he could set up uh, a meeting uh, in the Kremlin uh, between uh, Trump or Trump's people and uh, Vladimir Putin. Right. Uh, there was even talk of getting Ivanka, and now her name gets dragged into this, uh, of, of having Ivanka sit in Putin's chair. Yeah. Uh, make up your own jokes about that, but uh, <laughs> it, it never came to pass. She never, they, they never made that trip. Uh, yeah. That never happened. Uh, the business deal fell apart. But obviously, they were very much in touch. Uh, Cohen and uh, and Cohen reached out to the Kremlin as well. Got in touch with Putin's uh, spokesman, official spokesman, and tried to set up that meeting. Uh, but but as you, it, I don't know if you have the uh, the quote in front of you from. Uh, from Sater on this, or uh, I'm sorry. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I, mean, I keep getting uh, Sater and Cohen confused on who wrote which email. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got the Sater emails here. At one point, yeah. he writes, uh, "Our boy can become president of the USA, and we That's can it. we can engineer it." Uh-huh. That is a that is a huge quote. That might be a quote that goes on the back of the book about this story, <laughs> the, yeah. in large typeface on the back of this book. We can engineer it. He goes and on. He to goes say, on to say, "Yeah, yeah." I'm sorry, we both have it. Now. <laughs> I, I will get all of Putin's team to buy in on this. I will get Putin on this program, and we will get Donald elected. Yeah. you're right. That would look good on the back of the cover. I will manage this process, he said. I will manage this process, which basically, I mean, the story. Story goes, and it's and it's so twisted, and I and I hope that we're putting together the chronology in a reasonable sounding way. But there are so many elements to this. Uh, uh, one of the things that we've learned through this New York Times story about how Felix Sater is uh, trying to uh, engineer the uh, the construction of Trump Tower Moscow, while at the same time using that as a springboard to get Putin to help Trump win the election. Right. In that process, it looks like we're, we've learned about another bank that that Trump is linked to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel Maddow, by the way, speaking of Rachel, did a fantastic segment about all of the banks that are now linked to the Trump investigation. The one that she missed was the Bank of Cyprus. But, but the other right. one that she mentioned... Uh, whether it was uh, Spurbank, which is my favorite name of any bank, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's Spurbank. There's uh, there's uh, the uh, Venetia Conum Bank, uh, which is VEB, right. also a, uh, a, a basically a front for the Russian government, basically a uh, an organization that's run by uh, Putin's stooges. 
Not uh, the only one. Only yeah. nominally a bank. And now we have uh-huh. this other bank, VTB Bank, which is another right. bank in Russia that is, I think, 30%, or no, not that 30%. 60, 60.9%, 61% yeah. owned by the Russian government. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So it's another bank like VEB, except it's called VTB. It's controlled by Putin. It's controlled by the Kremlin. And right. this is the bank that was putting up all the money for Trump uh, Tower Moscow. This really helps uh, Mueller's uh, case, Mueller's investigation, from the standpoint that uh, it it indicates or it gives at least uh, trails to follow to see if Donald Trump is somehow beholden to the Russians yeah. in a way that would uh, cause him to uh, behave in their favor. Now, I'm, I'm, you know, we have to ask yourselves, okay, where did this information come from? How did we get it? Well, uh, Trump's lawyer himself gave us this information yep. by turning it over uh, to investigators and and uh, by actually by talking to the media, by talking to the New York Times, <laughs> and he stupid. did that. And so you, you say, okay, well, why did Trump's <laughs> lawyer do that? Well, for the same reason Trump's lawyer hired his own lawyer for the Russia investigation, <laughs> and that is to try to put his own spin on this to 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 keep as much tarnish off himself as possible. Yeah. But but really, in the process of doing so, he's actually helped the investigation along quite a lot. Yeah, just dumb, dumb. Again, making the wrong choices. It's not just Trump himself. He seems to be surrounded by people who just make dumb decisions. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, speaking of dumb decisions, you mentioned Ivanka earlier. Well, Ivanka has confirmed that she sat in Putin's chair in the Kremlin. This is something that she has actually said in public and confirmed this to the the New York Times. and said that's true. Right, but then she said... She said that it was just a normal tourist trip. She was just there as a tourist, you know, because the tourist experience in Moscow always involves getting to go inside the Kremlin and sitting in Putin's personal well, chair behind she, his desk. She was outside the Kremlin taking pictures and noticed the door was open. <laughs> and, uh, the three bears weren't home. That's and right. so she went inside. <laughs> And uh, sat in Papa Bear's chair. That's right. Which, you know, everyone could do that. Go get in line now. Everyone's waiting to uh, sit in Putin's chair. Uh, and, of course, again, this adds another layer of just lies and deceit about all of this coming from uh, coming from the official explanation from Trump, which is that this is all a hoax, that he's never had any dealings with, with Russia. Obviously, if, if Ivanka was traveling to Moscow and sitting in Putin's chair... There are definitely links between the Trump family and uh, and Moscow. Now, this was 2006, so this goes back a long ways when right, Obama right. actually did this. So you could actually, and that actually works against Donald Trump because that means for the last 11 years at least, Donald Trump has been on that sort of basis with the Russian government to be able to allow but, Ivanka but to do re- that. But remember, that Republican congressman from Florida doesn't want us to investigate anything before June 2015. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Not, not suspicious at all. Not suspicious no. at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so we've got Sater promising to engineer Trump's election with the help mm-hmm. of Putin. Then we have this Washington Post story that came out at about the same time where, as you mentioned before, Buzz, Cohen... Says who? Cohen contacted Dmitry Peskov, Putin's personal spokesman, for right. help with the Trump Tower Moscow deal. Uh, and then Sater recommended to Cohen that he contact Peskov. So Sater is involved in this story, too. 
by linking up Cohen and and Peskov. Again, this right. personal spokesman for Vladimir Putin. So basically, so, be, be, so that means the president's lawyer then is tied in with this Russian mob guy. Exactly, which means yeah. because Michael See? Cohen, Michael Cohen represents Donald Trump. Says who? And Michael Cohen is basically Donald Trump. My, Michael Cohen is serving as a proxy for Donald Trump, who is now the president of the United States, and and so that means that Trump. Uh, through his representative, was reaching out to Putin's office. Yeah, and we don't even need a proxy at this point because Cohen also admits that he discussed this whole matter with Trump three times, the second of those three times to get Trump to sign a, a, an agreement. Yeah. To sign, a, a, I guess, a non-binding agreement, but to sign a piece of paper that was part of this this proposed deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, uh, that's ABC News's part in this whole uh, blitz of stories that we've been mm-hmm. receiving over the last 24 hours, is that, yeah, that Trump signed a letter of intent on the Trump Tower Moscow deal. I, I don't recall any story in my career that had this many players, exponentially more players than in Watergate. And yeah. I'm, I'm remembering or struggling to remember uh, Russian names and who they are and what they did and how they're connected to uh, certain Americans. And uh, I, I probably have a better uh, list in my head of, of government officials and lawmakers and former government officials uh, and, and Russian mob members that I've ever had at any point in my career. It's a very complex story, and as you and I were discussing before airtime, it's uh, challenging to keep on top of it. And again, with the country's heart broken by Harvey, and and uh, just trying to manage their own darn lives, uh, it. I worry that. Uh, I mean, they'll hear about this eventually, but mm-hmm. a lot of significant things have happened in the past week that most people I don't think are aware of, and uh, certainly a few, if any, Trump supporters are aware of because they stopped listening to the news some time ago. Yeah, but the good news is is that I I don't think Robert Mueller cares about what else is going on in the news as far as his his mandate, which means that. Basically, these are all things that will resurface again in an investigatory way. When we get a final report from right. the uh, from the special counsel's office, whether that's a uh, a report or whether we have indictments where information about the indictment starts to come out, these are all things that we'll be able to revisit. These are all stories that, right. of for, course, for of the course. most part, are are filling in the gaps and the pieces of the puzzle for those of us who are following along the story, and also yeah. as a tool that Mueller can use and investigators can use to uh, as a roadmap. They, Basically, what was said about the, uh, the the Steele dossier, all of these articles will set about uh, guiding the Mueller investigation through toward this uh, this hopeful conclusion. So I'm not yeah, overly if concerned. You're, yeah, if I'm, you're a fan, I, I understand. And if you're not, uh, if you're not, if you're a fan of mysteries or detective novels, as most journalists are, have those kinds of interests uh, in their work. Uh, you know, this is very significant. Uh, you're right. Uh, a lot of this will become uh, more apparent uh, to more people later on. And who knows, uh, with some of the coverage being slipped in with the hurricane coverage, maybe some people who said they weren't watching the news have been. So yeah. maybe they'll be reached as well. Well, I'm still encouraged by Maddow's uh, numbers in reporting yeah, on all absolutely. of this. It shows definitely well, in interest. And Stephen Colbert and all the other shows, yeah. their their ratings are up too, all because everybody is watching everything they can about Trump, even though they say they're sick of it. And many of them are sick of it. And I do see people bailing out. And that breaks my heart a little bit, but I understand. Listen, you, as closely as you and I uh, follow this, uh, there are days where you go, oh, boy, vey. you know, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can handle this much, much longer. Uh, but, but we do because we are hooked on the story. 
and uh, obsessed with uh, trying to get to the truth. And and so yeah, that that's that's going to continue. And I'm I'm like I said uh, I, at the beginning, I'm I'm very optimistic at this point uh, because of the stuff that we are gathering. Well, let's take uh, one last break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Trump's latest dodge on Russia, which he delivered with a during a joint press conference with the Finnish president yesterday, and talk about some eye rolling. That that Finnish president was just, I mean, so frustrated, so clearly and obviously embarrassed and frustrated to be standing uh, in front of cameras with Donald. Trump. Someday, someday we need an edit, a mashup of uh, all the world leaders who have. <laughs> Roll their eyes or shook their heads or whatever they did in response to something Trump did. That would be that'd be that'd be a fun blooper reel to show at the UN. All right, we'll talk about that more right after these words. At Bubble Genius, we know that it's a dog eat dog world, and sometimes all you've got is man's best friend. We know you do anything for your precious pup. When he's a good boy, you give him his favorite treat. When he's gotta go, you take him for a nice walk. When he destroys your favorite shoes, you scold him, lament, and go shoe shopping. And when he eats God knows what and his ass becomes a dirty, stinking mess, well, we've got your backside on that one. You know that we bubble geniuses make fun, awesome soaps for people, but did you also know that we make stuff for your best friend? We've got dog soaps, shampoos, and conditioners that'll clean your disgusting doggy in no time and leave him soft, cuddly, and smelling super. And we don't stop with the D stinking there. We also make Kismet, our flea-repelling doggy perfume that leaves your pup smelling sweet and dreamy. <coughs> doggy kisses leaving you offended at your pup's palate? Turn those sour smooches to sweet with Kiss Me, our all-natural breath spray for dogs. Works wonders on humans, too. <coughs> Pamper your precious pup with genius products and more at BubbleGenius.com. Bob Saskaper Day Weekend! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay. Well, Trump revisited his uh, his favorite excuse. It's uh, There Are Many Killers, version 2.0, uh, during yesterday's press conference with the Finnish president. And, uh, <laughs> again, he's getting away with it. Gets away with it every damn time. Every damn time. These are the new rules. Okay, here's, uh, here's Donald Trump talking about... Uh, do we have this audio? I think we've got this audio here. Uh, oh, yeah. R- many, many threats. There are many threats. Would you consider Russia as a security threat? Thank you. Well, I consider many countries as a security threat, unfortunately, oh. when you look at what's going on in the world today. As you know, a few weeks ago, our great vice president, Mike Pence, who's right here, uh, was in the region and uh, spent quite a bit of time there. Uh, we consider that a very, very important part of the world. Uh, we have great relationships there. We have a great relationship with Finland. <laughs> he's, he's such a pain in the ass, isn't he? I don't know. I can't hear Buzz. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, I, there you are. My, my response was, uh, when I turned my microphone back up, was, uh, what a dope. <laughs> But then who am I to talk at this point? Also, I was a bit distracted by some breaking news at the same time. Oh, Uh, It it looks like uh, there's been another firing, or there may be, uh, at the White House. Uh, Trump 
as it turns out, has not been happy with the size of his crowds. You know, size is very important. Oh, yeah. And uh, apparently he gives the staff uh, regular dressings down whenever the crowd is not what he expected. Uh, He saw the early TV coverage of the arena where he'd be speaking in Phoenix and uh, felt that it was way too empty and Hmm. uh, immediately called the guy who sets up these rallies and uh, read him the riot act. Uh, about that, uh, and and it looks like that guy may be out or or on the way out uh, because this is not the first time that's happened. And uh, some of the people who are involved in this, some of the people who get yelled at regularly yeah. by Trump about the uh, scarce size of his crowds lately. And remember, we heard reports that people were filing out early uh, from Trump's appearance, that they got bored, that they were looking at their cell phones and tapping their feet and starting conversations among themselves as Trump ranted on and on for 45 minutes. Yeah, it was longer than that. It was 77 minutes, and it was way too long for Trump to be talking and anyone to, to hold their interest because these weren't uh, people who had had seats. I mean, there were no chairs from what I remember seeing. Right. And right. I, I've actually been in that facility. I've actually watched. I, I went to a Bernie rally during Netroots 2015 uh-huh. uh, at that same place. And I stood in the back, but it is massive inside there. It is just yeah. a massive convention center where they normally will have uh, not just concerts and, and programs like that, but where they'll do actual conventions where you have, I, I don't know how, I couldn't begin to estimate the size, but I would imagine something like six or seven football fields stacked in, in, wow. in formation. It is a, a an enormous, enormous facility. So the fact that he wasn't able to fill it up necessarily shouldn't be cause for firing this guy, uh, George well, Gigikos is the guy's well, name. Well, what we're hearing now from CNN is is that the staff was damned if they did and damned if they didn't. Yeah. If uh, Trump would yell at them if the venue was too small and they couldn't get everybody in, and he would yell at them if the crowd was too small for the venue. So uh, whether the venue was too small for the crowd or the crowd too small for the venue, either way they got in trouble uh, with Trump. And and uh, apparently uh, he's uh, done a fair amount of swearing yeah. and uh, angry phone calls uh, about uh, how those have turned out. <laughs> I didn't mean to get you off topic, but that's, that's what I do. And there was uh, that was just breaking, and, and I thought it was interesting enough and amusing enough to pass it along. Uh, now back to our regularly scheduled. Well, no, program. I mean, I, I had it on my list of, of things to talk about on the show. Yeah, the guy's name, uh, he says here, yeah. uh, according to Talking Points Memo, it says, once the rally had ended, Trump had an aide inform George Gigikos that he would never work for the White House again. Three unnamed sources told Bloomberg News. Gigikos formerly served as the I'm, I'm only assuming that it's pronounced Gigikos. <laughs> was uh, formerly served as the uh, White House Director of Scheduling in Advance, and he also had worked for the Trump campaign planning rallies. So this guy's yeah. been doing rallies for Trump for a long time, and I yeah. guess the fact that uh, not as many people showed up as Trump was hoping, I mean, how many people actually attend these things on a normal basis? Uh, probably no more than five or six thousand. I think he was saying Trump was saying that there were fifteen thousand people uh, yeah, no. at the rally, which is of course <laughs> a gross exaggeration. And it turned out that the uh, official estimate was about ten thousand people, which is still, mm-hmm. I mean, respectable. I, I it guess is. it is, but there's no pleasing this guy. It, it, yeah. The CNN story says in a 2016 uh, rally back in January of last year, 
Uh, Trump angrily complained about the faulty microphone at his podium. You may remember this. Yeah. Uh, complaining about the son of a bitch who installed it. And then Trump <laughs> added, do you hear that, George? That's the Gagikos or Gagikos or Jagikos or however his name is pronounced yeah. that you were referring to. Did you hear that, George, said Trump? Don't pay him. Don't pay him, Trump said. And you got to be tough with your people because they'll oh, pay. Jesus. They don't care. They'll pay. Yeah. What's really important is that uh, Trump has spoken nasty words about George Gagikos, but not a single goddamn nasty word about Putin or Russia. How about right. or, that? Or white nationalists. Exactly. Exactly right. So uh, we also have uh, two other moments from this uh, this press conference. In addition to Trump dodging the question about Russia, uh-huh. he actually had another Magoo moment where he thought that two different reporters from Finland, both oh, women... Yes were actually the same reporter. And he goes and he tries to correct the guy. And then remember, the first woman uh, asked him a rather challenging question uh, about Russia. And so the next Finnish reporter, who happened to also be a woman who was sitting close to the woman who asked about Russia, Trump thought it was the same reporter because Trump is an idiot. Here's here's Trump screwing it up because there were two blonde women... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> asking him questions. There might be a couple of more questions, but do you want to take one more? Would you want to take one more? Go ahead, pick. Well, uh, I Go ahead. Please. Again? Lady. You're going to give her the same one? No, she's not the same lady. Another Go one. ahead. <laughs> they, are, they are sitting side by side. We have a lot side. of blonde women in Finland. <laughs> Done it again. Uh, here's my here's my theory. He wasn't looking at her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's an explanation, right? Uh, and I love how the he's got to micromanage the president of Finland. Like right. the pre- he he assumes that the president of Finland is not smart enough to right. be able to uh, distinguish between uh, two people and one person. And so he's got to, I mean, this says everything you need to know about Donald Trump and what he thinks of other people. Donald Trump believes that he is the smartest man in the world. He has the best brain. He knows all the best words. And, or he has, the generals. he right. has all the best words, I should say. Right, right. And, uh, and that everyone else is an idiot. So he has to actually con- uh, explain and correct everyone else, including other world leaders. You know, this is a form of mental illness. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to get to Trump first because uh, things are coming at him from a number of directions. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the 25th Amendment doesn't seem as likely, especially as well as the Mueller investigation and even the uh, Senate investigations are coming along. Uh, but but this guy's not well. No, this guy is mentally ill we have elected a mentally ill person as president yep. uh he should be he should be treated not confined to the white house uh you know and and and, and uh, it's 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 terrifying it's just terrifying to think that a mentally ill that's why you know we want Mueller to be thorough we want Mueller to get it right yeah we want Mueller to get it all but we also want him to hurry. Yeah. This is this is crucial. We got North Korea firing missiles over our ally Japan at a distance that would reach Guam if pointed in that direction. Uh, you know that we have we have Cuba uh, apparently Cuba. At first we weren't sure, but it's looking more and more like it was Cuba that acoustically attacked uh, uh, what a dozen and a half of our our representatives there. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on and we need somebody of sound mind to run this place. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the main thing. I think we've been coasting on the success of, of previous 44 
well, not 44. We've had more than 44 presidents. Right. But pre- the previous presidents have set up a, a uh, enough of a uh, of a springboard to carry Donald Trump through to this point, but it's not mm-hmm. going to last much longer. We've already seen no. indications of the destabilization that that uh, a lot of us have been predicting for many years now. If Donald Trump gets elected, it's going to destabilize not just the United States, but it's going to destabilize huge sections of the globe. And right. that's what we're beginning to see now. Which, we, which Bannon wanted. I mean, this yeah. whole thing is held together with uh, tape and, and paper clips and Band-Aids. Uh, and and it's partly uh, the precedent set by past presidents. Uh, it's also partly uh, the influence of a few sane adults around Trump and in the government and also just some sheer damn luck. Yeah, and that's sheer damn luck is mm-hmm. why there haven't been uh, catastrophic deaths uh, in the in the right. wake of Hurricane Harvey. The fact right. that that it's been going not not great obviously it's been there've been a lot of horrible horrible stories but the fact that on the uh, pol- uh political side the fact that it hasn't been uh, quite a disaster for for Trump yet as say it was for as Katrina was for George W Bush is not because Trump is doing anything right or wrong to uh to put himself in that place it's right. just it's just working out that way Trump mm-hmm. is getting really lucky here for pardon my pun but he's he's doing a good job of walking between the raindrops on this one and <laughs> and if we uh listen to his remarks from his uh his press conference yesterday with the Finnish president uh it's just remarkable that it's been working out as well as it has for him because he announced uh during that press conference that the reason he revealed the pardoning of Joe Arpaio Friday night while Hurricane Harvey was making landfall was because of the ratings that Hurricane Harvey was providing for him as a springboard to make this announcement. Here's Donald Trump uh, really? <laughs> yesterday. See, with, I thought it was the opposite of that. Yeah, well, what? That he was... I, that, I he thought, was that he was using that he was doing this really under the cover with America fixated oh, on yeah. the hurricane. Uh, this was a time to do things that he knew would be unpopular. Of course, that uh, goes against the theory we were talking earlier about him wanting to outrage liberals. I guess maybe he accomplished both, outraged liberals without alerting everybody else. Yeah, well, I, I, I got the sense that he was talking about the ratings of Hurricane Harvey providing right. a springboard for the Arpaio News. So you're, you're suggesting that his, his tactic was to do the opposite of that, to disguise it. But is that how you're interpreting what he said? Yeah, I got the impression that that uh, and and some of the other things that he did uh, going into the weekend there, that he waited until the hurricane uh, struck to, and after the close of business on Friday, yeah. uh, well after the close of when everybody's checked out for the weekend, and at this point anybody paying attention to the news was paying attention to uh, the, the poor people facing devastation in Texas and Louisiana, uh, I, I thought yeah, maybe he used that as an opportunity to uh, pardon uh, Joe Arpaio and 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 the other things that he did. So it, it could be either one. I wouldn't p- put either past him. Have you seen evidence that he? I mean, what, what, where did you see this thing about him doing it for the ratings? Well, that that may change my theory. Let's listen to him uh, remark about this uh, during the press conference yesterday, and and then we'll uh, we'll we'll go back over it. Well, a lot right. of people think it was the right thing to do, John. And actually, uh, in the middle of a hurricane, even though it was a Friday evening, I assume the ratings would be far higher than they would be normally. You know, the hurricane was just starting. Uh, and I put it out that I had pardoned, uh, as we call, as we say, Sheriff Joe. Uh, 
He's done a great job for the people of Arizona. He's very strong on borders, very strong on illegal immigration. He is loved in Arizona. I thought he was treated unbelievably unfairly when they came oh. down with their big decision to go get him right before the election voting started, as you know. And he lost in a fairly close election. He would have won the election. Uh, so there it is uh, right there. Uh, first of all, <laughs> Trump, Trump thinks he's the only one to think of these clever things like Sheriff Joe. Yeah, everyone calls him Sheriff Joe. I call him Sheriff Joe. I made up the nickname Sheriff Joe. I call him Sheriff Joey Jojo Shabadoo Jr. <laughs> oh, well, I, you see, I heard him there, yeah. but I'm not sure if he was giving the real reason that he made the announcement when he did. Because it, it sounds as though he's responding to a question uh, to the effect of, and of course we don't have that in front of us, but it sounds like he's responding to a question to the effect did you announce this under the cover of the hurricane so people wouldn't notice? And typical of Trump, mm. he came back with an excuse yep. as to why that wasn't the case. Yep. So, gosh, either theory could be correct. <laughs> I I tend to, because I just don't trust the guy, I tend to think he was lying in that tape that he just played for you as a way to cover for the fact that he tried to make these announcements under the cover of Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, you know what? I think that's it. I think that's oh, it. Boy. But, I mean, even yeah. still, I mean, the, the crassness of bringing up the ratings, the TV Either way. ratings for Either way. Yeah. a thing, you know, you had... All kinds he of exploited it. He exploited it either way. Yeah, and you had all kinds of uh, pictures coming down at that time of, like, the one that struck me as being particularly shocking was nursing home uh, seniors at a nursing home sitting yes. uh, up to their waists in water right before yes. they were rescued. And I mean, I guess some of them were trying to make the best of it. I saw one woman sitting on a couch up to her waist in water, filthy, uh-huh. disgusting water. Knitting. She seemed like she was knitting, just passing the time. Just sure. Waiting. What else? What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna <laughs> yeah. go to the roof and flag down a helicopter? No, you're gonna sit not, there. And not, get if you, not if you're that age. Yeah. Get back to your knitting, of course. Yeah. But and was, I think I think Trump also used the storm to to cover his announcement of banning transgenders from the military, which we didn't mention. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 In fact, we we talked about this a little bit on the uh, on the Thursday show, uh, but right. but not to the full extent because then it, it came out later, and now it seems like I'm bringing it up as an afterthought. <laughs> but uh, the fact is that, that the White House released its official findings, its official uh, rules on, on transgender right. people in the uh, United States military. And it's awful. It's, it's, it's awful. It's as awful as you would think. Right. Uh, they're not going to do any more uh, reassignment surgeries in the military. Uh, they're not going to allow any new uh, uh, volunteers go into the military if they happen to be transgender. So far, so good if you're a transgender service member uh, currently serving because Trump is leaving that up to Mad Dog Mattis and and his discretion, which my guess is is that Mad Dog Mattis isn't going to uh, discharge anyone because they're transgender. Either way, no matter how he did it, Trump exploited the hurricane to announce the Arpaio pardon and the transgender ban. There you go. That's it. All right. The uh, post-mortem show is coming up next. Sign up if you go to uh, bobseska.com. You click the Patreon link just beneath the logo. And if you sign up for $5 a month, you get the uh, post-mortem show. If you sign up for $10 a month, you get the post-mortem show and the after party. If you sign up for $15 a month, you get all that stuff plus an unbleeped commercial-free version of this show that you just heard and many other shows previous to it. All right, we're going to talk about tan suits. Coming up next, Rex Tillerson uh, and Trump want tariffs. Trump's demanding tariffs, more tariffs. Bring me tariffs. 
We'll talk about that too. That's coming up at the uh, post-mortem show. Uh, Buzz, you sticking around? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be here. Sounds good. Sounds good.